Hello, Hopeful. I'm Roger Corville, and this is For the Hope's Daily Audio Bible. Here, we read through the scriptures conversationally, talk about the truth claims of Christianity, and learn to fall more in love with Jesus and the people in His world. Welcome. Galatia was originally a Celtic region in north-central Asia Minor, which was probably what we would think of as modern Turkey. It became a client of Rome under Pompey, mid-first century BC, and with the death of the client king Amentus, about 25 BC, an expanded Galatia came under a Roman governor. In Paul's day, the province of Galatia included parts of Pontius and Pamphlagonia to the east and north and encompassed portions of Phrygia, Pisidia, Isauria, Laconia, and Cilicia to the south. (laughs) What's all the big deal on this? Because if you don't remember, this is part of why we can have such confidence in the Bible. Welcome to today's part of our journey through the Bible, reading through every word of God's revelation of himself and considering our own life and work stories in light of that, including the fact that we can have confidence that Christianity is rooted in reality, including history, like no other religion. Now, Paul writing to all these churches, took the form of him sending one letter that they made copies of to send to the other churches in the region. More copies, any historiographer will tell you, equals more opportunity to compare manuscripts and have confidence as a result. Further, this is a letter that has deep acceptance in terms of authenticity and authorship, even among secular historians. So yesterday we left off in the middle of Paul's argument for the superiority of grace to the law. We heard a personal argument, a logical argument, and now we hear a historical argument. And then, uh, well, in fact, that's important because that explains the place of the law in the history of Israel. And then finally, we'll hear a bit of sentimental argument and an allegorical argument. (laughs) This is Galatians chapter 4. Now I say that as long as the heir is a child, he differs in no way from a slave, though he is the owner of everything. Instead, he is under guardians and trustees until the time set by his father. In the same way, we also, when we were children, were in slavery under the elements of this world. When the time came to completion, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God sent the spirit of his son, capital S, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then God has made you an heir. I'm going to do a quick pause right here. The Bible translation that I use says sons and daughters when it means like all, with the exception of the time when there is that specific legal implication because son represented a legal transactional, you've been adopted into my family, therefore you're an heir uh, connotation. So don't worry, ladies, you're a son too. And dudes, don't worry, 
Elsewhere in the Bible, you are part of the bride. So there you go. Continuing. But in the past, since you didn't know God, you were enslaved to things that by nature are not God's. But now, since you know God, or rather have become known by God, how can you turn back again to the weak and worthless elements? Do you want to be enslaved to them all over again? You are observing special days, months, seasons, and years, and I'm fearful for you that perhaps my labor for you has been wasted. I beg you, brothers and sisters, become as I am, for I also have become as you are. You have not wronged me. You know that I previously preached the gospel to you because of a weakness of the flesh. You did not despise or reject me, though my physical condition was a trial for you. On the contrary, you received me as an angel of God, as Christ Jesus himself. Where then is your blessing? For I testify to you that, if possible, you would have torn out your eyes and given them to me. So then, have I become your enemy because I told you the truth? They court you eagerly, but not for good. They want to exclude you from me so that you would pursue them. But it is always good to be pursued in a good manner, and not just when I'm with you. My children, I am again suffering labor pains for you until Christ is formed in you. I would like to be with you right now and change my tone of voice, but I don't know what to do about you. Tell me, you who want to be under the law, don't you hear the law? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by a slave and the other by a free woman. But the one by the slave was born as a result of the flesh, while the one by the free woman was born through promise. These things are being taken figuratively, for the women represent two covenants. One is from Mount Sinai and bears children into slavery. This is Hagar. Now, Hagar represents Mount Sinai in Arabia and corresponds to the present Jerusalem, for she is in slavery with her children. But the Jerusalem above is free, and she is our mother, for it is written, Rejoice, childless woman, unable to give birth. Burst into song and shout, you who are not in labor, for the children of the desolate woman will be many, more numerous than those of the woman who has a husband. Now, you too, brothers and sisters, like Isaac, are children of promise. But just as then the child born as a result of the flesh persecuted the one born as a result of the Spirit, so also now. But what does Scripture say? Drive out the slave and her son, for the son of the slave will never be a co-heir with the son of the free woman. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we are not children of a slave, but of the free woman. And that is Galatians 4. So you remember the theme from yesterday is we can never live up to the law, so we need grace. So if there's a theme for today, it would be that your adoption as heir is the true source of true reality. 
We'll turn into our Old Testament segment. Today and tomorrow, we hear of God's judgment of the proud and wealthy cities of Tyre and Sidon. And it unfolds in kind of like three pictures. And we're going to hear two of the three today. The first is what Warren Wearsby calls the scraping of a rock, right? The city of Tyre seemed impregnable, but Nebuchadnezzar would besiege it and Alexander the Great would wipe it off the face of the earth in 332 BC and Tyre would become a bare rock, a place only for dying fishing nets, which is a rather significant rebuke to civic pride. Ezekiel 26. In the 11th year, on the first day of the month, the word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, because Tyre said about Jerusalem, Aha! The gateway to the peoples is shattered. She has been turned over to me. I will be filled now that she lies in ruins. Therefore, this is what the Lord God says. See, I am against you, Tyre. I will raise up many nations against you just as the sea raises its waves. They will destroy the walls of Tyre and demolish her towers. I will scrape the soil from her and turn her into a bare rock. She will become a place in the sea to spread nets, for I have spoken. This is the declaration of the Lord God. She will become plunder for the nations, and her villages on the mainland will be slaughtered by the sword. Then they will know that I am the Lord. For this is what the Lord God says. See, I am about to bring King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon king of kings against Tyre from the north with horses, chariots, cavalry, and a huge assembly of troops. He will slaughter your villages on the mainland with the sword. He will set up siege works, build a ramp, raise the wall of shields against you. He will direct the blows of his battering rams against your walls and tear down your towers with his iron tools. His horses will be so numerous that their dust will cover you. When he enters your gates as an army entering a breached city, your walls will shake from the noise of cavalry, wagon, and chariots. He will trample all your streets with the hooves of his horses. He will slaughter your people with the sword, and your mighty pillars will fall to the ground. They will take your wealth as spoil and plunder your merchandise. They will also demolish your walls and tear down your beautiful homes. Then they will throw your stones, timber, and soil into the water. I will put an end to the noise of your songs, and the sound of your lyres will no longer be heard. I will turn you into a bare rock, and you will be a place to spread nets. You will never be rebuilt, for I, the Lord, have spoken. This is the declaration of the Lord God. This is what the Lord God says to Tyre. Won't the coasts and islands quake at the sound of your downfall? when the wounded groan and slaughter occurs within you? All the princes of the sea will descend from their thrones, remove their throbes, and strip off their embroidered garments. They will clothe themselves with trembling. They will sit on the ground, tremble continually, and be appalled at you. Then they will lament for you and say of you, How you have perished, city of renown, you who were populated from the seas. She who is powerful on the sea, she and all of her inhabitants inflicted their terror. Now the coastlands tremble on the day of your downfall. 
The islands in the sea are alarmed by your demise. For this is what the Lord God says, When I make you a ruined city like other deserted cities, when I raise up the deep against you so that the mighty waters cover you, then I will bring you down to be with those who descend to the pit, to the people of antiquity. I will make you dwell in the underworld like the ancient ruins with those who descend to the pit so that you will no longer be inhabited or display your splendor in the land of the living. I will make you an object of horror and you will no longer exist. You will be sought but never be found again. This is the declaration of the Lord God. All right, so that is chapter 26. And it alludes to being sent to the, uh, in a sense, to hell. Don't miss tomorrow, because tomorrow we wrap up with one of the clearest references to Satan in the Old Testament. Chapter 27. It's kind of like the sinking of a ship. So Ezekiel here describes Tyre as a beautiful and costly ship loaded with riches and growing wealthy as it did business with all the nations. But it'll break, it'll sink, and uh, merchants are going to be bent out of shape, which is a rather significant rebuke to covetousness. Ezekiel 27. The word of the Lord came to me. Now, son of man, lament for Tyre. Said a Tyre, who is situated at the entrance of the sea, merchant of peoples to many coasts and islands, this is what the Lord God says. Tyre, you declared, saying, I am perfect in beauty. Your realm was in the heart of the sea. Your builders perfected your beauty. They constructed all your planking with pine trees from Sinir. They took a cedar from Lebanon to make a mast for you. They made your oars of oaks from Bashan. They made your deck of cypress wood from the coasts of Cyprus, inlaid with ivory. Your sail was made of fine embroidered linen from Egypt and served as your banner. Your awning was of blue and purple fabric from the coasts of Elisha. The inhabitants of Sidon and Arvad were your rowers. Your wise men were within you, Tyre. They were your captains. The elders of Gabal and its wise men were within you, repairing your leaks. All the ships of the sea and their sailors came to you to barter for your goods. Men of Persia, Lud, and Put were in your army, serving as your warriors. They hung shields and helmets in you. They gave you splendor. Men of Arvad and Helek were stationed on your walls all around, and Gamadites were in your towers. They hung their shields all around your walls. They perfected your beauty. Tarshish was your trading partner because of your abundant wealth of every kind. They exchanged silver, iron, tin, and lead for your merchandise. Javan and Tubal and Meshech were your merchants. They exchanged slaves and bronze utensils for your goods. Though then Beth Torgamah exchanged horses, war horses, and mules for your merchandise. 
Men of Deden were also your merchants. Many coasts and islands were your regular markets. They brought back ivory tusks and ebony as your payment. Aram was your trading partner because of your numerous products. They exchanged turquoise, purple and embroidered cloth, fine linen, coral, and rubies for your merchandise. Judah and the land of Israel were your merchants. They exchanged wheat from Mineth, meal, honey, oil, and balm for your goods. Damascus was also your trading partner because of your numerous products and your abundant wealth of every kind, trading in wine from Halbon and white wool, Vedan and Javan from Uval, Uzal. <laughs> See, I'm just going to keep it real here. From Uzal, dealt in your merchandise, wrought iron, cassia, and aromic cane were exchanged for your goods. Dedan was your merchant in saddle cloths for riding. Arabia and all the princes of Kedar were your business partners, trading with you in lambs, rams, and goats. The merchants of Sheba and Ramah traded for with you. For your merchandise, they exchanged the best of all spices and all kinds of precious stones, as well as gold. Haran, Cana, and Eden, the merchants of Sheba, Asher, and Chilmod traded with you. They were your merchants in choice garments, cloaks of blue and embroidered materials, and multicolored carpets, which were bound and secured with cords in your marketplace. Ships of Tarshish were the carriers for your goods. So you became full and heavily loaded in the heart of the sea. Your rowers have brought you onto the high seas, but the east wind has wrecked you in the heart of the sea. Your wealth, merchandise, and goods, your sailors and captains, those who repair your leaks, those who barter for your goods, and all the warriors on board with all the other people within you sink into the heart of the sea on the day of your downfall. The countryside shakes at the sound of your sailors' cries. All the oarsmen disembark from their ships. The sailors and all the captains of the sea stand on the shore. Because of you, they raise their voices and cry out bitterly. They throw dust on their heads. They roll in ashes. They shave their heads because of you and wrap themselves in sackcloth. They weep over you with deep anguish and bitter mourning. In their wailing, they lament for you, mourning over you, saying, Who was like Tyre, silenced in the middle of the sea? When your merchandise was unloaded from the seas, you satisfied many peoples. You enriched the kings of the earth with your abundant wealth and goods. And now, now you are wrecked by the sea in the depths of the waters. Your goods and the people within you have gone down. All the inhabitants of the coasts and islands were appalled at you. Their kings shudder with fear. Their faces are contorted. Those who trade among the peoples scoff at you. You have become an object of horror and will never exist again. Ezekiel 27 My friends, we're going to close today with a little bit from the book of Proverbs. Our wisdom segment picks up in chapter 11 at verse 7. Broadly speaking, uh, we're in a section of Proverbs that contrasts the nature and destiny of the righteous and wicked. When the wicked person dies, his expectation comes to nothing, and hope, placed in wealth, vanishes. The righteous one is rescued from trouble. In his place, the wicked one goes in. 
With his mouth, the ungodly destroys his neighbor. But through knowledge, the righteous are rescued. When the righteous thrive, a city rejoices. When the wicked die, there is joyful shouting. A city is built up by the blessing of the upright. But it is torn down by the mouth of the wicked. Hmm. Oh, kind of like Sidon and Tyre, huh? That gets us up through verse 11. My friends, if there is a reminder, besides just keeping in check both our own personal covetousness, but also our national sense of covetousness and pride and confidence or overconfidence in our, I don't know, our strength, our systems, our history. We all need grace. We can never live up to the law. And if there is that theme today, it's that your adoption as heir is the true source of true reality. I love you, my friends. Amen. Amen.